What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Natalia on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her story. She is calling in from Madrid, right? Yeah. From Madrid. So crazy. I love that this podcast has kind of just reached all over the world. But Natalia, (laughs) I am just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Okay, thank you. Uh, It's so nice being here. I think this podcast has uh, really helped me during these difficult times. So I'm happy to share my story and maybe inspire someone as you've all inspired me, all of you who've been here before. Um, So my name is Natalia, I'm 27. I'm from Colombia, but I live in Madrid. And um, I got married two years ago already. Uh, My husband is also Colombian, but we got married here in in Europe, in Portugal. so yes, of course, like everyone else, go, um, this year has been crazy. Um, we started off the year uh, moving to Madrid from Barcelona. And uh, in March, I got pregnant with my, with my first son. Um, we discovered, like, we found that we were pregnant in April the 21st, and I was only four weeks pregnant when I found out because I'm very like I know my schedule and know when I'm late so the day I was supposed to have my period it didn't arrive and I was feeling kind of funny so I said hmm, maybe this is it we weren't really trying but we were also like not not trying uh, but I really wanted a baby I've always been a family girl and uh, 10 years ago, I lost my mom. So to me, it was like my family completely ended when I lost my mom. So I wanted so desperately to have like a new family and start doing like family things again. So yeah, a baby was always there, like uh, one of the dreams. And yeah, in the middle of lockdown here in Madrid, it was really, really strict, the, the lockdown. We couldn't even like go to the supermarket. Uh, I mean, we could go to the supermarket, but like once per week and alone. It was really, really strict. We were stuck in our apartment. So of course, this news was like it changed everything. I didn't like care anymore about COVID. I was so happy. We were both really, really happy. Um, at the same time, I was a little bit nervous because I was actually born with a um, by cornuate uterus. I'm not sure if I'm saying this uh, like be cornuate, uh, but it's just like a condition where you have two uterus and two cervix in my case. And um, I knew this since I was like 21. So around right before I got married, like one year before, so around three years ago. I went to my to my doctor and um, 
she mentioned that maybe we could have a surgery. So my uterus was ready when I wanted to have babies. So I said, yes, it sounds perfect because I don't want to be looking for a baby and then having a surgery. So I wanted to get ready and prepared for these like in advance. Um, so I had two surgeries that same year. So basically they just uh, like cut the wall that's divide like dividing like the two cavities and they make like one big one and uh yeah everything went perfect she said there was still like a tiny tiny bit of like wall i'm gonna call it wall because it's a septum i believe but if you think of it like two rooms and a wall dividing it it's easier to understand so uh she said there was still like a tiny bit but I, uh, she thought it was going to be okay. But maybe if I ever had a miscarriage, then we could have another surgery. But at that moment, to me, like a miscarriage, that sounded like, what, this doesn't happen to anybody. I'm okay, I don't need another one because both surgeries were a little bit uncomfortable. And after those, I was bleeding a lot. So I really didn't want to have another surgery. So I said, okay, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. This is gonna be fine. So when I got pregnant, uh, we had um, access to, to a doctor right away because I had this condition. So they put you like on this high, pregnant, high risk pregnancy list. Even if there's no, like, even if it's not necessarily high risk, uh, I'm there. So I was actually lucky that a lot of women during COVID, they couldn't go to the doctor's uh, office because all of this. But yeah, I could go right away. So we waited a little bit, like two weeks. They said I could go around eight weeks because you can really see the, the baby there. But I'm very impatient. So we just uh, got an appointment and at six weeks, we went there right away. And yeah, we could see the tiny, tiny little baby. We could hear the heartbeat. It was amazing. I couldn't really believe it. Uh, my husband was crying and everything was just perfect. We couldn't, like we didn't care if the world was ending. We were just at our happiest. Um, at the same time, I was very, very nervous because it was my uh, we were alone. I didn't have like no one to ask. See, like the normal questions you have. So I was like Googling everything, downloading all the apps, buying all the books. So yeah, after around like two weeks after I went to this appointment where they just drop blood for your prenatal non-invasive test i believe this is this is called like this in the us and um yeah they draw blood and i'm always like super super nervous so once i did it like i don't know but i felt there was some blood in my underwear like like uh, immediately i felt it so i rushed to the bathroom and yeah there was some blood and i freaked out of course so I just like came came back to my husband, like really like pale and I was so nervous. We rushed to the hospital 
and the the doctor she said she was not worried about it uh it's fine there was blood that was red but just a tiny bit and i've been i, I was spotting for a few weeks for a few days before i forgot to mention this but again she said like the spotting as long as it's brown there's no problem at all it's maybe implantation so like okay okay fine then she said okay yes it's red now but still like don't worry and on the ultrasound she saw that i actually had a subchronic hematoma it was really tiny so she said uh, go home just uh, rest don't do any activities stop exercising and just stay in bed for a while and it's gonna disappear. Of course, I was Googling everything. I was in the forums of these like apps where the, they have like subchronic hematomas and I was just asking everyone questions and everyone was like, yeah, I've had this, but don't worry, um, it disappeared eventually. So I was nervous, but at the same time, like everybody reassured me like, this happens, it's very common, but it goes away. So I just stayed in bed for a, for a couple of weeks until we had the 12 week appointment and everything was perfect. The baby was growing so much. Um, I, they saw like all the abnormalities and everything was just perfect. Um, so I went back home and of course, like you already have the news, of the 12 week mark that now I hate this concept now but yeah uh, I was like okay this is like you can't tell everyone now uh, you're pregnant it's official like the baby's okay she said that she saw uh, something like a tiny tiny penis she thought it was a boy but she wasn't sure yet but okay we went back home and we told, we had like FaceTime calls with all of our friends, our parents, my sister, everyone was crying, everyone was so happy and excited. And we were too, like I just couldn't believe how lucky I was. And um, that day, like after everything, after all the good news, um, we were just watching a movie with a friend in our apartment. And I just like, suddenly I just looked down and there's like blood coming out, like so much blood. I just stand up and run to the bathroom and I just leave like a massive like blood, like walk through the bathroom. And my husband is like, he doesn't know what to do. I'm just freaking out. I go to the shower and it's just not stopping. It's like I've never seen so much blood in my life. And um, yeah, I was just basically sitting in the shower, just in complete shock. I wasn't speaking. I didn't know what to do. My husband was like freaking out, like bringing towels and we were trying to, to cover things and I just didn't know what to do. So he was freaking out. And he was so nervous, poor thing, that I just had to like become like the strong one in that case and just say like, okay, call a taxi, let's go, let's go to the doctor now. 
bring a towel, bring me pants, let's just do it. So this is what we did. We just called a taxi and we were freaking out in a taxi as well. I was just between like shock and crying. And I was in that moment, I was just so sure like we lost the baby, we, we lost him, we lost him. So uh, we are like, uh, we arrived to the hospital and it was like 12 or 1 a.m., something like this. And my doctor wasn't on call. So we got the, the like ER doctor and he was, he was just like this old man and he wasn't really nice. And uh, they put me like in a room. My husband was in the waiting room. He didn't know what was happening. I was just crying and crying. And they did again an ultrasound. And the doctor said, and the doctor said like, uh, no, the baby's perfect, don't worry. We just have to stop the bleeding, but he's perfect. Um, he's okay, he's not even like noticing. And I was like, again, like, I couldn't believe what was happening. I didn't understand what was happening. There was blood all over the hospital. There was blood like everywhere. And the, it, wasn't, it wasn't just stopping. It was just like an open, like open water. Um, then uh, like a lot of nurses arrived. They were helping me. They put me like the, the needle in the arm. I don't know what this is called, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, this, this guy just like in one moment, she, he says, no, she's gonna stay here until the bleeding stops and we're gonna see if she doesn't like uh, have the baby now. And I heard this and I just fainted completely. I just, I was on the floor, I fainted. <laughs> I couldn't believe what he was saying. What do you mean that I'm gonna have the baby? Um, 14 weeks at the moment, no, sorry, 12 weeks at that moment. And I just didn't understand anything. So they just took me uh, to a room. She, they said, you're gonna stay here for the night and let's see what happens if, you, if the bleeding stops. Uh, I guess they put something like um, some medicine, but I can't really remember what they put. But eventually, yes, the blood, like the bleeding stopped. Um, I was still bleeding, but more like a heavy period, but not like that anymore. So yeah, I just, we stayed there for two days, actually. Uh, they wouldn't let me move from the bed. So I even had to like pee, like with this weird things that they put like to, yeah, to people who cannot stand from the bed. and. Um, yeah, uh, this, the next day we had another ultrasound. Everything was perfect. They said the baby is growing, the baby is healthy. This is just maybe like the hematoma that you have that it was like this, like dissolving. And I think this is it. The hematoma now it's like uh, way thinner. So I think you're gonna keep bleeding for a while, but then it's just going to stop. So after two days, they sent me back home. I was, of course, like very nervous, like uh, staying in bed, reading a lot, freaking out a little bit. But at the same time, I was speaking with this other woman from these forums and everyone had like happy endings. So I was like, OK, uh, this is going to be OK. 
And um, after one week, uh, I was a bit better. I was still bleeding, but like, you know, like the end, like the last days of a period. So I was really hopeful that this was going to just end now. Um, I spoke with a few girl, like girlfriends, and they were all like, yes, something like this happened to my sister and she's fine. She had the baby all right. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be fine. This is just, this was just a scare. And after one week, uh, I was like, I woke up and I was feeling really bad. I had like stomach ache and I felt really weird. And I said, I think something's wrong, but I don't know. So I'm just gonna give it some time. And I was just feeling like my stomach hurt but maybe it was something I ate, so I wasn't worrying so much. I went to the bathroom and I suddenly like feel like there's this, like something coming out of me. And I was a little bit more prepared at this time. So I said, I think the bleeding is gonna start again. So I just sat on the floor of, the, of my shower and my husband wasn't here. I was alone in the in the house, and uh, I just started like having these huge clots of blood, but they were like huge, like more than my hand. Um, and it was like one, two, three. It was maybe like up to ten. Uh, I don't even remember at this time. And while well, I was doing like. I wasn't feeling any pain or anything, but I was just like bleeding in clots only. My husband arrived and I was a bit more calm, but I said, okay, let's go again to the hospital. So again, like a little bit the same, repeated uh, ultrasound, baby is perfect, don't worry, this is your body, but he's not even like, not seeing, so don't worry, you're fine, you're gonna be fine. Let's just go to bed rest for a while. And I stayed in the hospital again for like three, four days where I couldn't stand from the bed. Um, was, yeah, it was difficult when you're just in a hospital, you feel so weak and you don't eat really well. And yeah, it's a bit hard, especially with COVID, but everyone was really nice. And after four days, we went back home again, like a bit lost. Like we can't really understand what's happening, what's wrong. No one is really telling me if it's something related to anything. So we didn't have any answers. We just knew, we just thought that it was about the hematoma, but I think it wasn't really about it. Still like to this date, we really don't know what happened. Um, so, uh, we went back home again. I was in bed rest. I was just staying in bed, showering, bed, shower, bed, shower. My husband would bring my food to my bed, which uh, he took care of everything. He's amazing. Um, so this is like the day we went, we came back to the hospital. Everything was fine. We had like a little picnic in bed. And um, the next day I just wake up at around 5 a.m. and I go to the bathroom again and I'm always like now I can't really go like every time I go to the bathroom I, I just expect blood it's something like I think a lot of women who are pregnant always have this fear of like just 
seeing their blood in their in the toilet so yes again there was a tiny little bit of blood but then I started like having really really bad pains like like period pains but really bad and uh, like every time before this it was like okay yes spotting is fine as long as it's brown and not red then I got the red blood and I said yes it's fine as long as it's not like heavier than a period and then I got it like the heavy period or more like blood and they said yeah it's still fine so um, it's fine as long as it doesn't hurt and now it hurts so it's like okay what is this um, so it started like really 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 bad pains we called again a taxi uh, we were a little bit more prepared now. We had like uh, like a baby bag, but actually like a hospital bag with my iPad, uh, chargers, everything, because we knew it was possible for us to go back to the hospital all the time. And um, this time um, I we arrived. No, we were in the taxi and I was just screaming in pain, like screaming. And the taxi driver was like, oh, congratulations, you're going to have the baby. And I was just like screaming, like, shut up, please shut up. I'm so sorry with this taxi driver. <laughs> um, but yes, we arrived and they took me again to this little room. Uh, my husband was again in the waiting room. But he was more like, I think he was a bit calmer now because we've been going all the time to the hospital and every time it was fine. So I think both of us, we were like, okay, this is another episode, but we're going to be fine. But this time, again, like my doctor wasn't there because it was 5 a.m. So I got this uh, woman and she did an ultrasound and she said, the baby's coming down now do you want to have it here or do you want to go to the OR? So I said, I was in shock and I just said, uh, oh, oh, I want to go to the OR. I just couldn't imagine like having my baby like there, like in this like uh, ER bed, really bad in the, like I couldn't even imagine having this, uh, this tiny baby because at that moment I was 16 weeks. So it was already big enough for me to to feel it and to, I don't know, it was very risky. So I just said, let's just go to the OR. And they put all of the, all of this medicine. And um, yeah, they just take me down to this place. I was of course like in shock. I was very like, automatic mode so I wasn't really thinking or I wasn't really feeling anything I was just like completely in shock they just um, put anesthesia on me and I just woke up after I don't know how long but I woke up crying asking like to the anesthesiologist like please put me to sleep for five years I don't want to be awake and I just see my husband like um, looking at me and he said, the baby's fine, don't, it's fine. I just couldn't believe this. Like, what do you mean? No, you, I think you're like crazy because I just came down, came, um, came out of the UR. They just 
he's gone and he said no he's fine so um um this like i could just couldn't believe what what was happening and the doctor just came and she said like uh we couldn't really see what was happening when we did the ultrasound because you were moving a lot you were crying you were very nervous so we we looked into it like when you were already sleeping because we were gonna do a dnc and uh, the baby was yes it was he was coming a little bit down but this is not what what we were seeing on the ultrasound so again like i couldn't understand what was happening and no one could understand like why i was bleeding so much why i was having contractions my cervix was opening but they didn't know why so they took me back again to a room and uh, it's like the, the the pain stop i just was very like back to square one because we didn't know what was happening and not we didn't have any news and it was like repeating all over again just that this time there was pain and the cervix was opening, but then it closed again. So uh, we stayed for two days in the hospital. Every day we had an ultrasound. Every day the baby was growing. And this time they told us he was in, actually a boy. Now they could tell, like, uh, we were very happy. I was, I actually, I thought the whole time the baby was a girl. I was saying like, my girl, my girl. And then he was a boy, <laughs> but I was so excited. And I just started like picturing him like his father. And everything was again, a little bit exciting after all these horrible situations. But then, yeah, uh, the pain was gone. So we said, okay, I think this is just gonna be like this maybe for a few more months, but uh, we're gonna be fine. Um, so after two days, one afternoon, we had an ultrasound. We saw the baby. He was actually like waving. He was always jumping. We said, he's perfect. And this like, for these days, I, I was like learning how to breathe and meditate and control the pain with the, with the breathing. So my doctor came. And I told her that I was very optimistic. I think this is over. I think it's gonna be fine. I learned how to manage my breathing. I can now uh, know how to handle the pain if it comes back again. And yeah, this was it. She left. And just like one or two hours later, I started again, like having this like really bad pains that now I know there were contractions because my cervix was opening and I was just feeling like what you see in the movies when someone's having a contraction, this is what I was feeling. And it was really, really heavy, the pain. I was screaming, I was sweating. I just took off all my clothes because I couldn't stand. I was like sweating like cold and asking for like painkillers or something because I just felt that I was dying. And my body asked me to push 
and the nurses were like please don't push don't push just like try to stay calm i we think this is like period pains and i was like no this is not period pains you have no idea what what i'm feeling please don't tell me this is period pains this is way worse i'm dying i feel like i'm dying and yeah they were they lasted for eight hours the contractions so i was kind of in labor and the doctor actually she came and she was like you need to try to stop pushing try to control the pain and just let's see what happens but maybe you will uh, have the baby now and again like i just couldn't understand why and i just couldn't even imagine having my baby at this moment like there in in this bed alone well with my husband and the nurses but i wasn't in a delivery room Uh, i wasn't like ready to have the baby of course he was not going to survive because i was 16 weeks pregnant only and uh, she took my husband like outside and they were talking but i don't know what they were saying i know she she was telling him that it was very possible that uh, i'm just gonna have the baby there and it's gonna be rough so we were basically like handling like all the pain and every time I was like pushing for a little bit I felt like huge clots again coming out and I was just like bending to see them because I thought they were the placenta or the baby I just didn't understand what what was going on and um, yeah I never for this for this moment I just I didn't have the baby there and it ended the pain ended I was like okay this is just something that I'm just gonna have to learn how to survive this um but every time I got these pains I was like okay I think I know a little bit how to control them I'm just for next time I'm, I'm gonna be more ready I'm not going to push even if my body is like asking me to push so yeah again the doctor came um this was already like in the middle of the night my pain was gone so i think we i said like i think i think we made it it's fine i'm just gonna it's gonna be rough it's gonna be hard but uh, we can make it we can make it i was very positive at this moment and i just want to sleep the next day, the doctor came in the morning. She said, I want to do another ultrasound to see what happened. But yeah, they we didn't know anything. And she, she brought the ultrasound machine to the room, did the ultrasound, and she said, mm, like this machine is not the best one. So I'm just gonna bring you up to my office to, to see the baby there and i was really confident he was gonna be there perfect because he was always there he was always like no the baby's perfect the baby's perfect they were always saying this so i thought like okay the baby's still perfect there's no need to worry so we went up to the office and uh she did another ultrasound this time 
my doctor and her father, they're a team. So they were both together there. And they did the ultrasound and the father mentioned, uh, looks like the amniotic fluid is gone. The bag broke. And in my head, this was like, oh, okay, something else happened, but we're fine. And then my doctor, my, the, her, his daughter, she said, I'm sorry, but there's no heartbeat anymore. And I just, I, to this moment, I just still cannot believe this. And we were crying so much, both of us. Um, we were even like, the room, like the room outside was full of pregnant women. So <laughs> I was also feeling a little bit bad for the whole like situation. And we just went outside uh, like to the waiting room and we were just completely devastated. Uh, looks like they said like that, looks like the bag broke yesterday, like the day before when you were having these contractions. So I, I was also feeling like, well, like, <laughs> All this time I've been talking to a baby that is dead inside of me. What is this? Like, how is this possible? So, yeah, they said they have to schedule and the BAC, BNC, BNC, for that night. The days before they wouldn't let me eat because uh, I had a risk of losing the baby, so I would have to go to surgery. But that morning, because everything looked fine, uh, I had something to eat. So I had to wait for like eight hours uh, for me to go to anesthesia again, because I don't know why, but I think it was like this. Uh, so we had to wait the whole afternoon until like 12 in like the midnight for me to get the the surgery and I was just devastating devastated I just really wanted to die I just couldn't believe what was happening um it was I can't even remember so much this day because it just looked like a nightmare so anyways I just get in again to the OR and I'm ex I'm expecting that they're gonna have like anesthesia again, but they said I'm sorry, but we're just gonna have to put an epidural, and uh, you have to be awake during the surgery. And I was like, you have to be kidding me! This is not possible. I'm just I can't stand this anymore. Like physically and emotionally, I'm just a mess, and I don't want to be awake while you take my baby out of me. And apparently it was because I had lost so much blood during the past days. I forgot to mention that I had like blood in, in transfusions, like six or seven bags of blood because I've lost so much blood during this episode of bleeding and, and the pain. So it was risky to put me like again in full anesthesia. So I had to be awake and they put the epidural where they like, my legs were asleep, but I was completely awake. They kind of put something that I was a little bit like silly, 
but I was awake during the whole thing. I was feeling everything inside of me. I was hearing what they would say, what they were saying. Um, it was just the worst two hours of my life. And thank, like, thankfully there was a nurse around that I just told her to please hold my hand and speak to me because I couldn't, I couldn't just do it alone. So she stood there by my side all the time. She, she hold, held my hand and we were talking about whatever. She was trying to distract me from all of this, but of course my mind was hearing what they were saying and feeling everything inside of me. And it's weird because you cannot feel the pain, but you can feel that they're inside of you, like reaching for things. So it's horrible, just horrible. And the whole idea of thinking the baby is um, is like being, they, they taking it out, it was just horrible. Um, I never asked to see him. Sometimes I think I regret it, but they never asked me or they gave me the chance to see him. So I, I really don't know if it was because he wasn't in a state where I could see him. I just, it's really difficult to even think about this. Um, but yes, so after this surgery, I went, we went back to the room. It was like 3 a.m. and I just couldn't sleep. My legs were completely asleep and it was really uncomfortable. My back hurt, everything hurt. I was crying the whole night. Um, I was just asking for for painkillers or something to put me to sleep, but I just couldn't sleep. And yeah, at the next day, the doctor arrived at like 7 a.m. and I was just still awake. I never slept during the night. And he told me that they're gonna do another ultrasound to see if everything was clear, if the surgery went well. Um, because there, my uterus apparently has such a weird shape that it was a bit hard to get everything out. And again, like this idea to me was like, what is it? Like, is it placenta that could be there or is it like parts of the baby? I was just going completely crazy. And um, in the around like 11 in the morning or something, we had another ultrasound. And of course there was still something because I was just having like the worst luck in the world. So they had to do another surgery. <laughs> I was like thinking, this is enough. I just can't handle this. Um, this is too much. So at this moment we haven't like, we haven't told anyone we were at the hospital. A couple of friends of mine knew because I told them that we were having a little bit, well, like something, some problems, but they didn't know anything of what was going on. Our parents didn't know because we didn't want to scare them or to have them like worry. We said, we're gonna be fine. So let's just tell them after we're fine, after we leave the hospital. So I also had this like, we need to tell our parents what, what's going on. And I need to tell my sister. She was the first one who 
we called. And after the second surgery, this time they could like put me to sleep, like my whole body. So I wasn't awake during the surgery because I told the doctor like, I just can't do it if you're gonna have another epidural and I'm gonna be awake, I just can't. And he said, no, we can do it. You can do full anesthesia, don't worry. So after this, um, yeah, we had to call my sister. And the next day we got like cleared and we could go back home. I came back home and my husband, I actually, I asked my husband to come earlier because I didn't want to see like any blood or anything of how we left the, the apartment uh, before coming to the hospital. So he came and fixed everything. He was hiding everything related to the baby. So all of the toys that bought and things we had uh, for the baby, he just hid them. And I uh, just came back home and straight to bed. I just wanted to sleep for the next 10 years. So, yes, the next days uh, we called our parents and told them. My father was really understanding because my mom also lost a baby uh, right before I was born. So they were just mostly worried about about us. Um, my husband's parents, they were a bit more affected because I think they're just older and they were very excited. So his father was like crying and I just couldn't stop crying to see him like this. And I just hated to disappoint people, to, to like break their hearts. Especially like my dad, he was so excited to be to be a grandpa for the first time. So I just, oh, I just didn't want to, to deal with this. Um, so anyways, uh, uh, we just stayed home for the next couple of days. But yeah, I think uh, for the next like couple of weeks, I was just crying every day. And still like to this day, this was in July, now it's November and to this day I just I every time I go to the shower I feel like I look down the floor and I see blood it's it's just uh, really really sad and frustrating and this is this might be stupid but I had like a couple of people who I knew who were pregnant at the same time that I was and now like i see them like with their bellies like fully fully grown and they're having the babies and i really don't know if i'm gonna have a happy ending or not so this at the moment is what scares me the most like i don't i don't know if it's going to happen again uh, we really want to try again um Actually, this this month I just had another surgery, so it's been a year full of surgeries. But this little wall that remained, it was actually just one centimeter. My doctor said, "Let's just take it because it's gonna reduce the risk of another miscarriage." So we did the surgery, and 
they told us we can try again in around three months. And there's like a part of me that really wants to try again now. And another one that is just so scared of going through the same again that, yeah, I just don't know uh, what's going to happen. And yeah, I think that's it. I will have my fingers crossed for you that the surgery was the answer. Yeah, me too. Here, me too. The unknown is like the worst part, you know? It's like you, like you said, you want to try again, but you're also like terrified of it. Um, rightfully so. That is a traumatic experience. Yeah, this, it just feels that it was so long. Yeah. And so many ups and downs, like, yeah, the baby is perfect. No, it's not. He's yeah. perfect. No blood. So, yeah, that was the hardest part, I think. Yeah, the roller coaster ride, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, after a loss, I would say, um, even if it like, because I had a friend that she told me, I think this is a lesson for all of us not to get excited too fast when we get pregnant. And I think it's quite the opposite, like for next pregnancy, even if you don't know if you're going to lose him, lose the baby, just give all the love to the baby, all the love from day one. And hopefully this love just will will do magic in your belly. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, my Instagram is Natalia Suarez, so S-W-A-R-Z. And um, I also have an account where I'm trying to raise awareness for all of these things, maternity loss and maternity care. It's called Art for Mom. And we're actually doing a, an art auction to raise funds for an organization called Every Mother Counts. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, it's launching tomorrow, actually. So make oh. sure yeah, <laughs> to visit exciting okay so um i'll go ahead and i'll link those in the description of this episode so that it's easy for people to find you and thank you so much natalia for doing this and feeling oh, thank you yeah best of luck moving forward keep us posted thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.